Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. We're going to have to open up warming centers, right? We had cooling ah. centers for the heat waves. Now we have this really <laughs> cold storm coming and in. Drying centers, too. Drying. Serious stuff coming through with this weather the next couple of days. Uh, speaking of weather, the moist line, yeah, is tomorrow. Leave a message. There's still time. Use the iHeartRadio app, the microphone icon. Call the toll-free number 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. Well, big story this afternoon is that uh, Harvey Weinstein has been sentenced. This is off of the Los Angeles trial for sexually assaulting women. He was already convicted and given a 23-year prison sentence in New York State, but they dragged him out here to face, and of course we covered this because one of the Jane Doe's was none other than Gavin Newsom's wife, Jennifer yeah. Newsom. The jury didn't buy but her story. The, they deadlocked on her on her story, right. But he got convicted for uh, other crimes, and uh, Blake Trolley is covering the case. Yeah, so again, th- and 
you know, just touching base on that conviction in New York, that conviction is being uh, is under appeal right now. As for the case today, this comes from that conviction late last year. Weinstein was convicted of one of the four abusers who were accusing him. You guys mentioned uh, Gavin Newsom's wife. And yeah, there were other three. He was acquitted of a sexual battery allegation made by a massage therapist who treated him at a hotel in 2010. Uh, and again, the jury was unable to reach a decision on counts involving two accusers. Um, and that was... Uh, Jennifer Newsom, and then, you know, another unnamed accuser. Uh, as for the woman centered around today's sentencing, he was found guilty of rape, forced oral copulation, other sexual misconduct. Um, she says she was in L.A. for a film festival in 2013, and Weinstein appeared uninvited to her hotel room in the middle of the night and sexually assaulted her. Jurors said her composure because remember, she's the one out of you know the four that mm. the charges actually stuck. Jurors said that her composure and the fact that she had not had contact with Weinstein uh, really gave them confidence uh, in her claims. Now to today, Weinstein tried to directly appeal to an L.A. Superior Court judge today saying he is innocent, saying he never sexually abused uh, the woman who's known as Jane Doe One. She sobbed. As he said those words in a courtroom, Weinstein's attorneys asked for a three-year sentence for Weinstein today. They wanted the judge to take into account his poor health, his children, his charity donations. <laughs> the <laughs> the What, you get a free rape if you donate to charity? That's what his attorneys were arguing. The woman told a judge uh, prior to Weinstein speaking, there's no prison sentence long enough to undo the damage he did to her, um, saying before the attack, she was a happy and confident woman. All in all, her attorney, Dave Ring, says she's satisfied with the sentencing today. Weinstein was up against 18 years. The judge handed him down 16. Uh, if we can go to bite one. It was an incredibly difficult day for Jane Doe one, but she got to face down her rapist in the courtroom. And she did a great job reading her statement to the court. And what was extremely difficult for her was to then have to have to listen to Harvey Weinstein deny that he raped her. This after 12 jurors convicted him of rape. And he has the audacity to sit in that courtroom and say, I'm an innocent man. It was absolutely outrageous. And that attorney telling me as well that it was it was just hard for him just dealing with the case and dealing with the stress of uh, what his client went now, through. You, you said that the, the jurors indicated that they believed her story because she was calm. No, because of her composure, just her overall composure and right. the fact that she had not had any subsequent contact right. with Harvey Weinstein. And composure right, on the stand. Uh, yeah, exactly. Where so I, I remember because Jennifer Newsom, you know, she, mm -hmm. she was crying and she was very emotional and that took away from her credibility. Well, the defense was able to really attack that. You know, her the his defense attorneys went after her testimony and uh, uh, effectively called it you know, over theatrical, over dramatized, and they were able to use that to their advantage. It's interesting because it's not unreasonable for a woman to break down or anybody to break down in, yeah. in tears and get emotional if they're talking about uh, a nasty sexual assault. Well, exactly. I mean, you would think that's a pretty normal I mean, reaction if, to if, the, if, the, if the levity of the situation. A, a cold, matter-of-fact reaction, that, that, that's, that's strange. That would be even, and some people would probably say that yeah. would be even more strange, but his attorneys, that's what they went after. They went after her emotions, and she called it misogynistic. She said it was sexist and, and basically disgusting the way her attorneys played, his attorneys played that card. Yeah, I mean, it's tough when your line of work used to be an actress. 
So that's a huge mm-hmm. opening for a defense attorney to exploit. And I had asked uh, Dave Ring about the other charges that were dropped. Uh, if we can go to bite two, he spoke about these. I think this jury took the case incredibly seriously, and they looked at each individual differently. And, uh, you know, some of them, uh, there's a couple jurors who just couldn't reach a decision uh, as to some of the victims. And then there's a couple jurors who thought Weinstein hadn't sexually assaulted a couple of the victims. But as as far as Jane Doe 1 goes, obviously it was unanimous, 12 to 0. They all believed beyond a reasonable doubt that he raped Jane Doe 1. And therefore, that's why he got 16 years in prison. So, again, he's going back to New York now. Well, yeah, because he's got he's already serving 23 years in New York. So he wouldn't serve a day here until he's done with the New York. Yeah, I believe that's how that works. They compound it on, you know, once you're done, you would come over here. Yeah. Are there any more cases against him still pending or is this it finally? I believe this is it. Yeah, because, yeah, and and in fact, as you guys remember, you know, there were quite a few allegations against him. It was in California and it was boiled down to these final four accusers. Right. All right, Blake, thank you very much. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, Blake Trolley, uh, KFI News, uh, covering the Harvey Weinstein sentencing. He got 16 years. He could have gotten 24. His defense was asking for three. The only thing I found a little unusual, I mean, he spoke, as you heard Blake said, he spoke for the first time since the trial began in October. Weinstein did. And he's claiming that this Jane Doe number one, the one which he got convicted of most of the charges, he didn't even see this woman. I didn't rape her. I wasn't at the hotel. This is different than that line they pulled that it was transactional sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where these were women looking This one for... he never met? That's what he's claiming. <laughs> this one, I, I wasn't at that hotel. I never saw uh, this woman. I did not rape this woman. I don't know. I don't deserve this. I just, I, I hope, I hope he uh, is tortured. I, yeah. <laughs> he he but, deserves a daily torture. As we mentioned, I mean, there's a part of me that always thought that Newsom's wife, Jennifer, who did not report this rape initially. In fact, even after the Me Too thing started with Weinstein, she still hadn't come forward. Then eventually did and became a part of this case. But yeah. part of me is thinking with what she does for a living, making these films about you know women right. and their place in society. That seemed opportunistic. I, it did. It seemed opportunistic to fit myself in here because she to was, promote what I do. She was still talking to him, and she was trying to get Weinstein to contribute to Newsom's campaign. Campaign. She, she reached yeah. out to, to him for advice after the story broke that Newsom was uh, ch- uh, cheating on his you, former wife. You do that, that you're not going to get it. having con- problems with alcohol. She was asking Weinstein for advice and handling the media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Newsom was drinking too much, and, and Weinstein was going to give her uh, advice on the media. Yeah, how to yeah. handle the media whore that was trying yeah, to You're not going to ever get a conviction if you have that much contact. Yeah. And and very personal contact like that. All right. Uh, we'll be back. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You know how things make headlines. I have a couple of East Coast friends texting me. Are you really getting snow? Are you going to see snow? We're here in New York. We haven't seen any snow. Wow. <clears throat> the overreaction to a couple well, of Well, they don't know details. I mean, saying no. it's snowing in Los Angeles is really stretching it if you have to go but I know, several because thousand we have feet all up these, a mountain. That's right. We have all these different climates and topographies that people don't really 
especially on the flat yeah. East Coast. Oh, yeah. They pretty much get the same weather everywhere they are. On the local news, they have seven different regions they give forecasts They do. For. Sometimes it's stunning when you sit there and watch the uh, the weather person re- reading the forecast and the, the screen keeps changing. That confused me. Mountains, when I, deserts, right, valleys. When I first came here, I was confused by uh, having watching seven different forecasts a night. But, uh, yeah, well, that's the way it is. Beaches, L.A. All right. Uh, we are going to update you now on a couple of crime stories in addition to the Harvey Weinstein sentencing, which we just talked about. We mentioned yesterday that they officially charged the man they say shot the bishop. Bishop David G. O'Connell was murdered last weekend in his home. They arrested Carlos Medina, a handyman whose wife worked as a housekeeper for the bishop. Oh, look at that, John. Gascon is adding the special allegation of using a gun during the crime. Oh, he made an exception. <laughs> I remember, well, I remember when he course. took over. There'd be no exceptions, because if there's an exception, then you don't have the rule. Right? Yeah. Well, he killed the bishop here. Oh, well, he they, would have been under some extreme well, of course. pressure. Yeah. Uh, they, I, I, again, no one, no one explains this. I have so many questions that nobody answers. Nobody answers. Why why are why do anti-gun people not want gun enhancement charges on crimes? That's a Somebody really that good question. I second your question. <clears throat> I don't know the answer to that. What well, it's like why uh, do environmentalists think it's okay for homeless people uh, to destroy the Bologna wetlands? And particularly since their focus is usually on the guns, not the people who commit the crimes. They're all worried mm-hmm. about too many right. guns in society. So if you, if you, but you see, then it goes back to the person again. Oh, but if I charge an enhancement, they're going to get more prison time. We don't want more prison time. See, that's do really they really where this comes feel from. sorry for these these vile, evil bastards? They do just they don't really like feel sorry? Jail. Why don't they like jail? I don't know. And like uh, you know, I, that, that's like it's just. Some, I, I need more information. They give you the the blanket. It doesn't work. What doesn't work? If they're if they're in there, they can't hurt me. Right, but then what they're you, released and they're worse. I. I they don't release them. You don't them, release right? them. Yeah. Of course they're worse. They're never going to get better. They, they've, got, they've got defective brains. Criminals have defective brains. So there the is update such a to thing. the story is that Medina has confessed to the crime. Motive is still a bit blurry. Reports were that he felt like he was owed money and never got it from the bishop. Um, that was from a tipster. He gave multiple stories. He did. To the cops. He did, yeah. So maybe he's just nuts. Well, here's the answer. Narcotics arrests, 2005, 2007, 2011, 2017. Yeah. At least two were for drug possession. Is a history of violent arrests. But he's probably cranked on something every day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to get it was meth seems to be his choice. Of, yeah. I mean, a guy in his 60s on meth. To get arrested four times means you, you probably use the stuff hundreds of times. Right, because most people who use drugs don't get caught and arrested. But fact, I don't think anybody from, does anymore. Their home is like uh, Carson Torrance. He had to drive up to Hacienda Heights because he got it in his head during a meth trip that oh. this bishop owes the money, was, so I'm going to go there and get the money or kill him. I was thinking. I think the bishop was in bed sleeping. He if, killed him or if something. You, if you do enough brain damage with the drugs, do you eventually, uh, in a way, hallucinate? Not necessarily a, a, a vision, but you hallucinate a story. And you create a story in your head, and it seems real because of all the drug damage. And he created oh, yeah. some kind of story uh, that led to a grudge that he had to settle. Well, that could be it. You're right. That's elaborate, but that's possibly it. Yeah. 
Uh, the other uh, crime story didn't happen here. It happened in Florida, but it's also incredibly unusual, just like a bishop being shot to death by a crazed man who thinks he's owed money. Uh, it looks like a shooter who described as a longtime criminal gang member returned to the scene of the crime where he'd already carried out a shooting, and then he shot a news reporter. And he shot a photojournalist who was with him. This happened at 4 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday in a place called Pine Hills, just outside of Orlando, Florida. The uh, dead reporter's name is Dylan Lyons. He was with Spectrum News 13 in Orlando. I don't think he was on the air at the time. He was there just probably recording a segment on the story, I guess. Um, shooting suspect is Keith Melvin Moses. He's also suspected of killing two other people, <coughs> a nine-year-old girl by the name of Tiona Major and a 38-year-old woman by the name of Natasha Augustin. And um, as I said, what's really weird about this story is he actually came back to the house where he had carried out an earlier shooting, and then he shot the, uh, the news reporter. He didn't like the coverage. But was it live on the air, or is he just saw them there and decided, you know... You know, some guys return to the scene of the crime to see their handiwork and I, what's going I, on. I, and... I Probably the idea that uh, it was being broadcast upset him. Yeah, you think so? Well, yeah, there's got to be a reason he shot the reporter. You you can tell it's a reporter. I mean, he, you know, you're standing there with a microphone and you got a camera and a cameraman. So, it's, yeah. uh, you, you know, usually got a TV truck and a satellite dish or whatever they're using to transmit it. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, this stuff happens in Mexico every, every week. So oh, yeah, they very, very rare in this country that, no, that a reporter gets killed at the scene of the crime. Yeah. I can't remember reading that before. Now, I read today that this killer has a long, violent gang member criminal history that goes back. I mean, he's young, but he, I think his first crime was when he was 14. He got caught for something. When you're a violent psychotic, that's your brain. That's again. That's not fixed. He should have been in prison already for whatever crimes he committed. It, it, you know, it's funny. This stuff is staring in our faces, and and we simply will not accept that a guy with a long history at a young age has something in his brain that compels him to kill people. Yeah. A, a vicious anger, uh, an obsessive compulsive situation, maybe uh, a schizophrenia or hallucinations. He feels he's being ordered to. Who knows? You know, he's just got, got a hair trigger temper and overreacts violently. But you know, the, the brain is not functioning, and uh, you know, just go by his behavior. If you if you see repeated violent episodes, just say, you know what, that's not fixable. Yeah, so, uh, I I don't know what the continued debate is about. Because he, if you keep letting guys like him out the way we are, you're just going to get more killings. You're not going to get fewer killings. So, I, 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 again, I fail to see what the rationale is here. Yeah, they, they first responded to the scene at 11 in the morning. That's when he carried out the first shooting. It was 4 o'clock in the afternoon when he shot the uh, news reporter and the videographer. Uh, the videographer, Jesse Malden, has survived. But he was injured in the shooting. And uh, the nine-year-old's, uh, nine-year-old girl was killed and her mother was the one that was initially killed. So this is just really, uh, 
Really bizarre. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio. The Moist Line returns tomorrow. Use the iHeartRadio app, the microphone icon to connect to the Moist Line. We're running out of time for you to get your call in for this week. Call the toll-free number, 1-877-MOIST-86. 1-877-664-7886. Going back to last hour, Deborah Mark has been given an offer. I have. You have. This is a man by the name of Mark. He's the chef and owner of a restaurant in downtown Los Angeles. He'd be willing to make you alligator chili. Oh, God, no. Thanks, but no thanks. That's a big pass. Move on. Oh, I'll take God. some. Oh, yeah. If he wants to bring some to the station, I'll, I'll definitely take some. Yeah, sure. I'll have some, too. I make alligator tail chili that is shipped in from back home in Louisiana every year starting in March. Alligator it is very tail. popular. Deborah's welcome anytime to have a bowl on me. Right. And I guarantee she will love it. Oh, no. I, I'm guaranteed. First of all, I wouldn't even try it. And if I did, I mean, if I was drugged or something, I wouldn't like it. Alligator the tail. Tail. Yeah, the tail is Ew. apparently where they really extract. <laughs> What's wrong the, with you? The chili component. <laughs> Just another animal. Oh, well. I have an animal every day. Yeah, I know. Every day I eat a piece of animal. I know you do. It's pretty much the same animal, let's be honest. Yeah, but I don't know. There's just something about alligator that just, it's just so creepy to me. I mean, it's bad enough that you guys eat cows and pigs and chickens and turkeys, I, but alligator? I watched the video, the the alligator that went after the little dog. And then eventually the, the 85-year-old woman, is she did not respond. The dog figured out he was in trouble. Oh. But the woman barely noticed. A little slow, huh? Yeah, yeah. Slow, very slow response time. You the, saw an extended video or just the one that's I found circulated? one on Fox News where uh, the video, <laughs> the, the alligator came right up. The, the, the dog ran up a few steps. He was on a leash and turned around and was looking at the alligator. Oh. And then the video stopped. Oh. And I guess in a, in a few seconds, the alligator was going to do the big chomp. curtains, yeah. Yeah, but you see him coming in the water. He, he wasn't above water, but you can make out his outline. You need Jaws he, music, Eric. Yeah, for like 10 seconds, you, you could yeah. see him. Yeah, he was humming along there. And then he rose up and uh, beached himself and went right for the dog. And and she should have she should have dropped the leash and uh, again she's in her 80s run. give her a break well yeah run, run as best you can i mean the, because the alligator's going to be preoccupied by the dog right so you're going to have a few seconds to to get away right climb a tree oh right she's <laughs> going to climb a tree well you got to give it a shot they don't attack people or animals very often in florida there's lots of alligators this doesn't yeah. happen all the time but it does happen every now and then no, so. there's thousands of alligators I had a Deborah Mark moment was it last weekend. I was slipping through channels in one of those food channels, mm. and uh, they took uh, out of the oven like a roasted pig, but it was completely oh. still formed. Oh, God. You could see its head. It was staring there on the plate. I just felt really bad. I said, oh, oh like, no. Like they have at a luau? Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, but it was baked out of the oven. Oh, so could, I'm going to throw they, up. They put it like on its stomach, so its paws or its... Oh, what is that no. about? Pigs are the only thing that you see cooked whole. I've seen an alligator like that in Florida. <laughs> Of course you have. An alligator? Yeah, on the internet. You, you have a lot of alligator information today. <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> Listen, that video just got me on a wormhole. Uh, oh, yeah, right. I, searching for. Uh, I am bothered when the animal's cooked whole like yeah. that. Yeah, it's just. Oh, I know. Like, I don't like looking at the eyes. 
Oh, you could see the eyes, the snout, oh, yeah, yeah. everything, right. the ears. The, the, it was just staring. The, the, I remember, I think it was. It was completely crispy. Oh, God. Oh. And I felt like, oh, I shouldn't eat that. Why were they going to eat that? I don't, I don't like we'll going to uh, delis where they have the fish. I was going to say the fish in, eyes. In the deli case, and the fish is looking, you know, they have little sad upside down smiles. You'd and, rather the eyes be removed so you just see holes? Well, yeah, him looking back at me. How about looking at the lobsters oh, trying no. to make their way around? Oh, I never tank. do. While, never. While yeah. And the crabs, they're moving back nope. and forth. Yeah, and they, they know there's, there's a sense it. of panic. Yeah, no, no, they have an instinct that this isn't right. Oh, and they're piled in there, crawling on top of each other like mm-hmm. they're trying to make a pyramid to get out? Right. And so, so do you see how cruel that is? They know. Just like animals in slaughterhouses, the pigs that you guys eat and the cows, they know. I just eat it after they're it's sensitive. Been, been processed and, and Who's going to make the movie that Deborah Mark needs? Do you want to hear the script? Yeah. There is a higher life form that comes to Earth, and they use us as food and pile us up like that in tanks. I would laugh. Roast us in ovens and see John Cobell come out with his face all burned. (laughs) (laughs) Karma. You can have me on plane. That's right. Who's going to eat John, though? That's right, with a skewer up my rear end, yeah. (laughs) Well, speaking of the animals, Deborah Mark, we have a number. 58 million chickens dead this year with the avian flu. You know, it's so contagious that even a gust of wind can carry wild bird droppings towards a barn vent and spread the virus inside. That's how easily these things take And then take all off. the chickens die. So the 58 million Well, is... they kill. Even if they get one case, they, they kill off the rest right. of the chickens in the barn. Or so the 58 million is all the deaths, not just from the flu, but most of them are from... Uh, Fallout. Uh, yeah, advanced killing. Yeah, it's uh, what they call collateral damage. They routinely destroy entire flocks. Imagine what would happen after they find one case. Part of the problem is the workers come in and they track the uh, poop on their shoes from the wild birds that have the bird flu, and that's how it gets into the barn or into the... uh, What happens when the uh, Chinese government comes up with the super COVID that uh, blows in the wind Mm. and rapidly uh, wipes everybody out? The you Chinese had to bring that, that up. Yeah. Can, you, can you imagine that kind of panic? Yeah. Okay, even you would panic. You'd yeah. be hunkered down yeah. in that bunker you so know, quickly. They, they, they float one of their balloons over. Oh, no, it's it's uh, just a weather balloon. And whoosh, they spray out all this uh, fast-moving super coronavirus. Then you'd wear a mask. <laughs> they don't work. They. Uh, this also explains the high egg prices, in case you didn't notice that. So uh, they're now trying everything they can. That's <laughs> your buzzards, wild ducks, any kind of pest can sneak into the barns and mm. spread the flu virus through mucus or saliva. They're now got procedures for washing and disinfecting trucks, carrying feed to the chicken. They've upgraded the barn ventilation. Workers have to wear jumpsuits and booties to cover their shoes. This bird flu goes around constantly, though. It circulates the globe. It does. And every few years. It's only about every six or seven years yeah. is a bad run. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's no there's no way to get rid of it. Now, they have installed sound cannons, brightly illuminated laser systems to shoo away birds. Without the wild birds, they get in there. That's what they're trying to do is scare them off. And oh, get that's into nice. The barn. Yeah. Sound They've installed. Cannons. Yeah, sound cannons scare off the wild birds who might wander into the barn and right. spread the bird flu. So yeah. I guess it detects the motion and it makes a noise. God, it's tough being a farmer. It just, there's so much that goes wrong. 
Well, Deborah would say stop eating the chickens I, and the eggs. Exactly, and then you don't have to worry about that. Well, I already don't eat chicken, so. <laughs> no, he doesn't. That's just cow, cow for me mm-hmm. and occasional bacon. That's it. So you don't know how hard... Years ago, Deborah Mark, I rooted for mad cow disease to end John's passion for hamburger. You did? And it, oh, yeah. that did? I did. I actually he was, did. He was selling me hard, trying to frighten me into And it didn't up. work? You still? I, really? Because I, I I don't think I was here back no, then. because it fizzled. Mad cow disease fizzled. Yeah, mm-hmm. but even John though- wins that one. That thing did not become. <laughs> I just thought it might be like the next big thing. You wouldn't know if I had mad cow disease. That's I true. Mean, <laughs> What would the diagnosis be? I was thinking, oh, they're going to explain why so many people are getting early Alzheimer's. It's mad cow. It's from eating beef. <laughs> this will ruin John's life. Yeah, John, I, I'm serious, though. What would you do if we no longer life, ate life, animals? Life would not be worth living. Wow. If I couldn't have cow every day, then... Wow. Really? What would, be, bag? what would be the point? What would I do? bag because you can't have cow That's every right. day. That's pretty sad. I, my, I have I, to say. I have a sad, desperate life. You really do. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much to it. Apparently <laughs> just, not. Uh, just waiting for the end here. By oh, the way, wow. uh, at, at one farm in northern Iowa, they noticed some dead birds in one of the barns. So they called in a state vet. He swabbed the bird's saliva. Test was positive. They killed all one million birds oh. at the farm. That does so, seem to be an overreach. It, it does. If, if you have it, you're dead. If you don't have it, you're dead. Yeah, you don't want yeah. it anywhere near, right? Where the birds are, they're going to wipe out the entire flock. Uh, well, with all this... To, and then they have to go and disinfect every inch of the place. Seems futile, doesn't it? Yeah. It's so easy to spread that you keep killing all the birds in advance and they're just going to end up dying anyway. Yeah, and oh, in Colorado, they oh, they did the, the carbon dioxide gas oh, to kill three hundred thousand of them. That is so cruel. Really, oh, that is cruel. cruel. Yes, not cool. Cruel. Cruel. No, why is it cruel? I mean, because they, they just stop breathing. It's. Uh, I mean, there's no just, pain there. Who? How do you, you know? know? They just go, <clears throat> and that's it. Have you ever? Have you ever experienced the that? final no. gasp? Yeah. Just one get. Well, because the the oxygen is gone, and the carbon dioxide replaced the oxygen, so they take a big breath of air, and I don't belong they, in this world with all these animal killers. They, I truly don't. Yeah, really. You did pick the wrong planet. I really did. <laughs> I did. Well, she's right, though. If we weren't eating the chicken, eating the eggs, they wouldn't have this whole industry. Exactly. There's plenty of fruit and veggies to go around for everyone. I, You'll acquire a taste, John, if that's all you had to eat. I don't know. All right. More coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Happy sixth anniversary. Thank you. Deborah, six, uh, six years six on the show. Six long years on the I, show. I would have said 12. It uh, feels like 12. Lead story at Daily Mail. All right. Let me oh, see yeah. John and Ken show, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It is an even longer version of the alligator attack. This time oh, it shows really? the alligator. I can't believe how fast this thing is moving across the lake. Yeah. It's a blown-up size picture. Chilling new footage shows 10-foot alligators stalking 85-year-old Florida woman from at least 100 feet across the lake oh! before bursting out and dragging her to her death. Now, you see how the dog turns around just as the alligator is about to chomp. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the dog's trying to run away. The woman oh, falls down. yeah. He's got his mouth wide open, and the dog is looking right down, right down the chute there. It dragged her right into the water. Apparently, a woman called 911. She was going to try to help, but didn't know what to do. Oh, she did fall down. Yeah, yeah. So, the, the so old maybe woman she was. Down. Maybe she was just lying there when the uh, 
Yeah, do you think he ate the dog first and then her or the dog got away? The dog got away? Yes. That's what I was saying. The dog got away. Oh yeah, the dog survived oh, the attack. I didn't oh, know she's that. right. Oh, so he looked over. Oh, the and just gator said, was euthanized. Yeah. Oh, he looked at her and said, Well, this is a this is a bigger meal. I thought well, you guys yeah. said that's wrong. This is what animals do. We should let them live. Oh, I don't think he ought to be killed. I, yeah, Jesus, I, whatever I, I, this is. Yeah, you just gotta I don't know where you're gonna rehome this it's, it's alligator. Her, it's her fault. Why is it her fault? You don't walk oh, your dog I see. along a right, pond right, like right. that. Right, right, right. That's true. That's true. But you see, I could see in the background, because my in-laws used to live right behind a neighborhood like this. They built one of these manufactured neighborhoods, right, the cookie cutter, and they right. built an artificial lake in the middle of the neighborhood. Because when my kids were small, we used to walk around this lake. But alligators, there's thousands of them. Somehow they find all these lakes and ponds, even if it's in a residential area. She may be thinking, oh, it's, it's safe here. It's not safe. And, and they lurk. They lurk underwater, and they've got good senses, and you, you see how fast it shoots across the river uh, or across the lake from one uh, shore to the other. And uh, they, they don't have a chance. Well, I'm watching the entire 41-second video now. Oh, this is bizarre. It, it doesn't move as fast, John, as they did it. They sped what, up. What, they the... sped it up? Ah, they did. They do go fast, but... Uh, what's weird is that she and the dog stare at it like it's a little submarine coming into land. They're watching it as it crosses the lake towards them. Like, isn't this interesting? And then when it pops out of the water and aims for the dog, it's when the woman panics and the dog panics. She falls to the ground. The video, though, cuts off before she's attacked. Apparently, the alligator dragged the 85-year-old woman into the water. To the water. Yeah, they often do that. They like to eat them underwater. Yeah, because that's their safe place. They yeah, retreat. she's standing and staring at it. Yeah, they're watching it, just like, oh, look at this. What's this coming across the yeah, lake towards not, us? Uh... <laughs> I don't think she expected to be eaten. I, I think she was just kind of in shock. Was she a visitor? No, 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 she's a resident. Uh, well, natives know. People in Florida know. Oh, well, but in, because most of the time they live with the gators. The gators usually just sit there very quietly and never do anything. They just like to sun themselves on the sides of the lake. Hey. And... So she was just watching, no, admiring the, uh, the alligator. They're like pit bulls. You don't know what's going to set them off. Some animals cannot be trusted. All right, now we have the fun story of the day on the John and Ken Show. Remember uh, not too long ago, the man that won the $2.04 billion lottery prize finally came forward and claimed his winnings, although he did not appear at the news conference. Remember, Johnny issued that statement right. where he thanked the California schools for... Oh, yeah, he was, he was uh, grateful that the <laughs> California schools were going to uh, get a big check. Uh, right, they're they're cut of the lottery money. Well, that man's name is Edwin Castro. This was a Powerball drawing that was held in November of 2022. He just came forward last week officially by name because in California you cannot remain anonymous. Well, TMZ says there's someone by the name of Jose Rivera who says that's his lottery ticket, and he bought it from Joe's Service Center in Altadena on November 7th, the day before the drawing. He says a man by the name of Reggie stole the ticket from him. Same day he bought it. Now, you may be confused like I was because Reggie is not the name of the person that came forward with the winning ticket. His name is Edwin Castro. So if that's your ticket, Jose, how did it end up in the hands of Edwin Castro if Reggie stole it from you? This is, a, this is what I'm saying. This is why I don't think oh, this they, is a loser they, shouldn't, they should release the names of the winners because now... 
you, you're a magnet for, for dozens of crackpots who are going to make stupid claims like this. They have a probably... Well, they did release the name of the winner. They shouldn't. Oh, they should not release it. Right. Them. Because you open yourself up now to, to, to lunatics who either want, want some of your money, want you to invest in their nonsense, or you know they're going to make up a crazy story. Uh, this is nuts. Jose said he tried to get Reggie to return the ticket, but to no avail. Reggie simply saying it wasn't a winner, and uh, if he found, he'd agreed to give up half. Do they have a video of the, the moment he bought it? Well, that's a good question. I remember the guy that runs that service center saying that he's not going to say who the winner was, but he's like a regular customer, implying that he knew the Edwin Castro Yeah, no, this, this is a crackpot. Yeah. A crazy Jose person. said he submitted a form <laughs> to the California lottery claiming the ticket had been stolen. He wants an investigation before they pay out the winnings. The police aren't going to even bother. He lists Castro and Reggie as two separate defendants, insinuating that they might be liable for failing to hand over the cash, mm -hmm. that they may have conspired. Maybe what Reggie said to Castro was, you turn in the ticket, give me half, because if I do it, the guy I stole it from is going to start squawking. No, I'm just making this stuff up. But... <laughs> well, this is easy to do. Once you have the guy's name, now you can, you can create trouble for him and hope that he'll pay you money to go away. Right. Should be a secret. Oh, you mean we yeah, should not reveal? Yeah, uh, I, I, it doesn't matter to me if somebody won two billion dollars. I or think not. the reason for that is they want people to know there's no shenanigans going on. That if you reveal a real person won the ticket, they won't think hey, oh some conspiracy. Uh, uh, there was really no winner. They just sucked up all the well, money. Then if you don't trust the system, don't buy a ticket. But now this this guy's going to have all, all kinds of crazy people chasing after him. Oh, Castro, yeah. Castro, yeah. It's a, you know, after a while, he's going to wish he never won, he never bought a ticket. Well, that's why you take three months to come forward. you got to come up with a plan. And there are guys who can do this for you. They know exactly how to make you disappear. Like that people can't find you and all the deadbeats can't chase after you and all the uh, right. hungry relatives. I'm sure they came some, up with a plan. Some kind of lottery winner witness protection program. Yeah, yeah. There, I think there, there are people that specialize in this. I think what winners often do, they reach out, they find out these kinds of people are out there, and they ask for their help, and they figure out a way to keep this... Uh... The, uh, you ever seen uh, a Home and Garden TV? I'm sure you watch that. Um, they have uh, my, my Lottery Dream House. I've heard of that show. Yeah, yeah. And every week, the guy uh, helps a uh, lottery winner find a house or rebuild it, decorate it, whatever it is, with their lottery winnings. And they go tour places to see what they like. And it's usually uh, a couple of blobs that have won the lottery. A couple of blobs. Disproportionately very large people uh, win lotteries, or at least win enough money so that they can buy a new house. Oh, yeah. is that right? That's what I look for. See, my wife watches Home and Garden TV. It's like continuous wallpaper that's on uh, right. in, 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 the, in, our, in our den, you know, unless there's something I'm watching, like a game or the news or whatever. But other than that, it's like the default channel. So I end up involuntarily learning about these shows. And one thing I noticed is when it's, when it's the lottery show, the, the person given the tour is usually unusually oversized. Hmm. Not making a judgment. Well, I am, but it, it's, it's, you know, you can almost predict it. Like, like, Young, thin people don't buy lottery tickets. Well, in general, the people that buy lottery tickets are not well off in life. No. They're looking for uh, 
the miracle well, payday. They spent too much and money on probably food. And they probably do consume more because it's a way of uh, yeah. <laughs> filling a need. It's like they buy more than lottery tickets at the convenience store. I mean, it's no joke that all the people that are from your west side chasing crazy diets and drinking coffee all day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Starbucks They're not buying mommies. lottery tickets, right? No, no. Starbucks mommies just, uh, they, they, they drink coffee all day, and uh, also they're usually on some uh, magic pill. They don't seek out comfort food by the wads. No. It's, it's the, whatever the amphetamine of the, of, of the month is. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere, the iGuard Radio app. Deborah Bark, live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.